Welcome to The Real Enneagram, A Spiritual Quest, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Join us as we experience the vital teachings of Enneagram expert Dr. Joseph Howell, clinical psychologist and author of Becoming Conscious, The Enneagram's Forgotten Passageway. Relax as you are taken beyond personality typing to The Real Enneagram, The Spiritual Development of the Soul. Welcome back to a podcast entitled The Real Enneagram, A Spiritual Quest. We're so glad that you have decided to listen to us today. Uh, We are excited because we have a couple of new guests with us. Today, of course, we have Dr. Joseph Howell and myself, Erica Jobes, uh, his sidekick. And then we also have joining us Jessica Yarbrough, who is a recreational therapist Mm -hmm. And she is also a student with the ICB, the Institute for Conscious Being. Say hello. Hi, everybody. So she's, she's, um, she's being a good sport. We also have two other guests with us. Uh, their names are Hope and Repsu. They are Dr. Howell's two uh, children that are Cocker Spaniels. And so um, we've asked them to chime in during... This podcast, we're not sure if they're going to cooperate, but if you hear a bark, you'll know they are agreeing with something that we've said. So before we begin, I want to send a shout out to our new Mississippi friends. Yes, all the people in Jackson and the environs of Mississippi, all the way up to Memphis, uh, Tennessee, and down toward Gulfport and Biloxi, Mississippi. You were all there, uh, 80 or 90 of you, and thank you for coming. We recently had a conference over in Canton, Mississippi, which I understand is maybe a little bit outside of Jackson. Okay. And, uh, well, so we, we drove and drove. It's about four hours from Birmingham, and uh, once we got there, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful lake. The accommodations were really great. But what made the whole conference great were the Mississippians. Is that yes, how you say they it? Have a, they have a natural charm and a beautiful hospitality, and it's um, just wonderful. It's the New South. Yeah, it made me sad to leave, and uh, I think you agree. We were really looking forward to going back at at again. And and the name of the conference center was the Gray Center. So if you're ever invited to go there, it's a beautiful place, and the food was outstanding. So we were really excited about that. Yes, they have a fantastic chef. They do. Who did wonderful food that was very healthy. And if you're like me, most everything is about food. So, <laughs> so it was great. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say before we get started is I just wanted to invite you to go to our website, which is theicb.org. If you're interested in learning uh, when our next conference might be or if you're interested in learning about our training, uh, please visit our website. We have all the information there. And um, Jessica, you're a student now with the Institute for Conscious Being. Tell us about your experience. Um, So I started uh, the training program in September. And the way we do our our trainings is through the Head Center, the Heart Center, and the Gut Center. And um, I'm an ego type 2, and I was uh, lucky enough to get to start in the Heart Center. So everything just um, resonated really deeply with me. And I've met a lot of people who um, 
have, I've just made lifelong friendships with them. I've learned so much every time so far I've done the heart center and the head center, and I'm looking forward to the gut center in May. Now you've read most every book written on the Enneagram. It's my under you have. Okay. And so did, were you able to learn anything at the training? Oh, absolutely. I think that this is something that you learn best in community and by sitting around and talking to people who are different ego types than yourself. And, um, I've just, I've gained a lot of wisdom. Um, I'm one of the younger people at the training and, um, I just feel like talking to people who have had life experiences, who have hit that critical mass of suffering um, that we talk about, um, has just been really beneficial to add to um, the book knowledge that I've gained. Great. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's just so much more than I'd read a couple of books, too, before I started my training and um, realized when I started training how little I really understood it until I was able to sit around and talk to other people about it. Mm -hmm. So, again, theicb.org if you're interested in that. So today we want to begin again talking about more about the soul child. And, you know, since we've started this podcast... Uh, Dr. Howell, I don't want to stress you out, but we have had thousands and thousands of people listening to us. Yes, it's growing. It is. We've gotten up toward 9,000, I believe. And and I think part of the interest is that we talk about something that maybe people don't hear when they're reading the Enneagram books and that type of thing, and that is the soul child and returning to the soul child. And so I've had some questions about that, and I want to pose a couple of these questions to you because I think they're important. Um, You know, I've had people say, so, you know, my soul child was basically uh, that part of me that existed before my early woundings. And, you know, maybe I remember who that little girl or that little boy was, but how does that help me now? Remembering the uh, soul child and actually re-embodying it is actually a gateway into coming into one's own soul. You know, growing up, I always heard from people like in church and churches and those kinds of things, uh, die to self, die to self. And, and you know, when you're nine years old and you hear that, you think, well, who else do I have to be? <laughs> what, if I die to myself, I'm dead. You know, what is this? And, and, and now I realize, actually, we don't die to self. We shift from ego to soul. And neither the ego nor the soul die, but the ego stops leading the soul, and the the soul is put in charge of the ego. And that only happens when, as Jessica said a few moments ago, we reach our critical mass of suffering when we realize the ego really does not know what's best for us. But the soul does, because the soul is tethered to the divine. Okay, so if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, well, I mean, how do I know if I'm living out of soul or if I'm living out of ego? How would you answer that? I would, I would ask, is their life filled with more peace or more panic? 
Because when we're living in ego, we're hyper-vigilant about what's going to go wrong with our ego's story. And it's got to go that way. All the way from, am I going to be late for this interview? Down to, um, am I choosing the right person to marry? But living in soul helps you understand that being late to the interview might be the best thing especially if you're not able to change the traffic jam because the soul understands that all things work together. It's only the ego that wants reality to morph itself into the ego's conception of the way things ought to be. Okay. So we're talking a lot about, in, in, a, in some ways, the, the suffering that our own ego causes. Yeah. And for each ego type that suffering looks a little bit different yes everyone has their own different kinds of suffering and it's um it's it's excruciating um and it reaches a level where people are willing to look at other ways of living okay now jessica are you would you be willing to share with us maybe what the suffering what kind of suffering that you felt as that ego type too yeah, I think for me, um, when I'm stuck in my ego, and before I knew anything about the Enneagram, I think that um, I hit my critical mass of suffering about six years ago when um, my marriage ended. And I felt, as a two, when, I, when I'm stuck in ego and when I'm in disintegration, I become very frantic in my relationships. Um, I, I have to do more. I have to... Um, I have to cook more. I have to buy more presents. I have to write more cards. And I think that for me, when I shift out of that ego into soul and I embrace my holy idea of holy freedom, holy will, and holy grace, I'm able to um, detach from that emotionally, which is really difficult as a two, um, and just understand that those relationships are either meant to be or not, and it has nothing to do with anything I can do for that person and so when you're frantically writing cards and cooking and doing those kinds of things what's how are you feeling I mean I understand frantic but describe say a little bit more to that um panicky um I feel like if I don't um if I don't do or give uh or love that person enough they're not gonna love me back it, it feels very um uh, give and take. It's not, I feel like I have to earn it instead of just resting in the peace and the love of that other person. And when do you remember the time or, or the situation surrounding when you realized that there was an essence deep within you, a soul child? Do you remember that experience and, and how it felt to begin to live into that? Yeah, I um I know that a couple of other people on the podcast, Nanette has specifically talked about the backyard exercise. And for me, I've done that several times, maybe six or seven times um, at various conferences. And the first couple of times I did it, I pictured myself at age three or four um, because that's the picture we're supposed to bring. And so that's usually when people's childhood wounds happen and um, – and so the first couple of times, it was a powerful experience, but I didn't really feel like um, 
oh, that was it. I just met my soul child. So then um, after some discussions, I decided that I wanted to picture myself a little bit later because in all the ways, I've been a very late bloomer. So it would stand to reason that my uh, wounding may have happened later in life. And so um, that time I pictured... Um, I pictured myself at about 10 years old and it was just a very different experience. And I was able to, um, to see that soul child, um, kind of as she was transitioning from soul to ego. And then afterwards I actually talked to my parents about it and I asked them if they could recall a time when I, they felt like I had kind of shifted in personality and both of them without knowing anything about the Enneagram or anything about the backyard exercise, they said, Oh yeah. Uh, when you went from fifth to sixth grade, that's when you, that's when you kind of changed. And I asked specifically what they meant. And, um, I was very outgoing. I was very, um, creative. I liked to be the center of attention. And then I made that shift and I became very shy and, um, really quiet and I I didn't want any attention. And so it was interesting to hear it from their perspective versus the perspective that I had. Okay. That's great. When you remember that soul child, the one that would like to be the center of attention, uh, what benefit does it give you to remember that soul child? Um, I think it just gives me the, the freedom to, to be myself and just to know that I'm, that I'm loved for who I am, not, not for anything that I can do. And that's, there's a lot of freedom in that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So when you know, so as the ego type two, when you're frantically doing and giving and being for others, when you stop and you live into the spiritual practice of remembering, self-remembering, which is remembering that little girl who was the absolute center of attention because you were, you were the only grandchild at the I was time? just the last grandchild oh, on in the family. So everybody, yeah. we would go visit family and they would all just sit around in a circle and watch me do whatever I was doing. And you were happy for them to do that. Yes. That was kind of, was your world. Yes. And you felt, um, you felt that you could be yourself in any way and you would still be loved. Yes. Okay. It was unconditional. And in your adulthood, mm-hmm. how often are you able to do that self-remembering? To do that self-remembering? Well, more so now that I'm learning the Enneagram and now that I'm in training. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, n- not at all. Okay. I, so I you had forgotten that little girl. Oh, yes. Every, yes. Every relationship in my life was based on what I could do. And it was almost like I would do things to like to um to store up credits. Okay. And so when you are at your essence, you're at ego type what? Four. Okay. And I remember uh meeting you and you being like, Well I'm just never I'm just I don't I don't see that there's any four in me at all. And where how far have we come from that statement? Yeah, we've come we've come far. <laughs> Through the training and that sort of thing. And where yeah. where do you see your four come through, shine through your Well, essence? I think I just had trouble with it at first because when I think of fours, I think of them as being, 
you know, my best friend Anna is a four and she's so creative and artistic and she can sing and play guitar and paint and, you know, she can do all these things. And so I don't, Anna, we hope you're listening. (laughs) I'll make her. Um, so I've, but for me, it's expressed in a different way. So, um, when I really stopped and thought about it, it was, um, I'm creative in my sewing and in my cooking and in, um, you know, I don't like to follow recipes. I just do what feels right. And usually it turns out fine. Um, <laughs> occasionally not, but, um, so in my music choices and, um, the way that I can be very swept up in the emotion of, um, a, a concert or a song or things like that. So it's just taken a little bit of, um, I don't know, self-reflection and detaching from that, that too, to look down and see how I am actually creative. And, and, and allowing yourself to, to do those activities that make you feel back, feel that freedom and feel like yourself. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Well, Dr. Howell. I'd like to hear you speak, if you could, Jessica, about your soul child in terms of some of the energy at four that it embraces you mean like when i was younger or how i've incorporated that now how your soul child resembled four because essence and soul child are the same thing so your soul child obviously came into being with four energy could you describe her in those terms yeah, I think that um the best example that comes to mind when I was when I was younger, I I loved um to play house. I loved to play with baby dolls. I loved um and and I got so creative. It it wasn't just um like I would go through magazines and I would pick out what the every single room in the house would I would look at the JC Penney catalog that had the room set up and I would you know, it wasn't just like I'm playing with my baby dolls and I'm feeding them. It was like, this is what this baby is wearing today. And this is where she goes to school. And this is what, you know, it was, um, very elaborate. Um, and I would, I would cook for the, the babies and, um, you know, it wasn't just like, Oh, it's time to eat lunch. It was like, well, this is what we're having. It's all of these things on the plate. And I would draw it on, um, on a piece of paper and, um, so I think that the creative fantasy of what was to come was was when I was, and that was when I was happiest, when I was playing with my friends and we were um, imagining what life was going to be like in the future. And creating it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. And when you think of, of four energy as your soul child, it... You know, soul children aren't perfect. Did you have any mischief or any foibles as a child for, for example, the envy issue that sometimes fours have? Not from ego. It doesn't come from ego because there isn't one. Mm -hmm. But it just is part of the territory. Mm -hmm. Do you remember any of that? Yeah, I, um, as far as the, the, um, deviance or uh I really I was a very 
um, compliant, very good. I did everything that my parents said. Um, I always like to say that the worst trouble I ever got into was in high school, and it was because I rode with a 16-year-old when I was only 15 to Shoney's to get hot chocolate. Like, that's the worst thing I ever did in my life. Um, but, yeah, the envy. I would. I remember um, driving through fancy neighborhoods and would would point out these houses to my parents and I would be very upset that we didn't live in a in a mansion and that I didn't have name brand clothes because my mom was too practical for that and it's interesting that you bring that up because I recently had a conversation with my mom where I thanked her for not um, buying into that and I'm really grateful now for the way that my brother and I grew up because I think that it has instilled a sense of humility in us. And that's interesting because that's my virtue as a two. And so I'm glad that I didn't get everything I wanted. Um, and that we were just instilled with this sense of humility growing up. Which brings up the topic of our soul children perfect because they're so close to the divine. And um, what I'd like to bring out here is uh, no child is perfecto. Uh, they're human beings. And in embodying four energy as a youngster before your ego took over, along with the territory of four energy, is, is, are things like uh, avoiding being common, needing to be very special, the the passion of, of envy is there, but none of those foibles come from ego strategy or ego defenses. They're just freely expressed as part of being in that energy. And a lot of people are kind of surprised to hear that. That's great. So as far as living into essence now, we know that in trying to answer some of the questions that I get in between these podcasts, that the reason that we talk about this is because we just want people to know that often that ego is not who you really are. There is something much deeper inside of us. And deep inside of us is where we find uh, the feeling of peace and the feeling of wholeness. And uh, we lose a lot of that frantic, panicky behavior. For for my ego type 8, I don't know that I have franticky, panicky type of behavior. I have um, more controlling type behavior where I have to control what's happening around me and I have to control situations and I get real protective of people that I feel can't protect themselves and kind of take on more than is mine. And at the soul level, I realize that I don't have to help God control everything, that God has it under control and that I can rest in that. And that there's a lot of, of freedom there to know that, that that's not my job. So... So I'm very glad we got to speak with Jessica about her experience of re-embracing the soul child and that you bring her out daily and hourly. Is that correct? Yeah, I do. I mean, some days are definitely harder than others, but 
yes, I'm just so much more aware of her now. And you have been in training uh, for a certification in consciousness through the Institute for Conscious Being. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, really, Mm -hmm. what are the things that have helped you as an individual, Jessica, in being in the training? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think just learning these truths in community has been, and I'm lucky enough to live in Birmingham where we have um, an awakenings group every Sunday. So basically, I also get a dose of the training every Sunday with most of the faculty. And so, and that's been over a year now that I've been able to do that. So I think it's really progressed my, my learning, but, um, but because I've gotten to learn this in community, I'll have days where I don't feel like I'm, um, you know, I'll get frustrated with myself and I have people that are able to point out, no, this is how you went to four today, or this is how you may have gone to eight today. And, Mm -hmm. and that's really helpful when I can't see it myself, um, to have people point those things out to me. And I think that, um, additionally, the training has been, um, wonderful about, um, solidifying the holy ideas for me. Those are such abstract concepts. And so at our last training, actually, Sai made a good point about um, just visualizing um, your holy idea as being the bridge that gets you from ego to essence. And that just, it just clicked for me um, because I didn't really understand how holy freedom and holy will and holy grace got me to four. And then in that moment, I just... I just understood. So just learning and community, I think, has been the most beneficial. And just peel that back one more layer. The whole idea of going, of using your holy idea of holy freedom and holy will and holy grace. How does that help you get to essence? Um, I had an aha moment about, I don't know, six months ago that I shared at Awakenings where um, I, you know, if, if I feel rejected by someone, it's almost like, you know, some people like eights would just, well, forget it. You don't get to be in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to take the opposite approach where I, um, I double down on my efforts almost to win that person back and to show them like, look what you're missing. And I just had a moment of clarity where it, it's almost like, Um, I don't know if I can really put this into words, but almost like I'm trying to demonstrate grace to that person. You have hurt me, but instead of, um, instead of rejecting you, instead of punishing you, I'm just going to show you grace and unconditional love. And then, you know, thinking about my holy idea of holy grace, I don't need to do that. That is not my job to, and I'm not saying that I should, I should reject them or punish them, but I certainly shouldn't try to spin my wheels to earn their affection back. Um, and being able to say, I have the freedom to detach from this relationship. That's not healthy for me. Um, so understanding that, that grace is for everyone, even me. Um, that was a mind blowing moment for me. Do you think a lot of people your age and maybe under would consider holy ideas kind of woo-woo or maybe too quote-unquote religious because it's got that word holy in it. Yeah, I do. And I struggle with that with some of my friends who are not spiritual 
um, explaining, explaining those concepts to them. That's hard. I also think that you have to have been through some hard things in your life for, to be able to grasp that concept. Um, and you know, lucky or unlucky for me, I've been through some hard things. So, um, for me, it makes sense. Um, and I was, but I think I was ready to hear it. Yes. You know, I think, um, a midword before you get to holy would be the word sacred. And I believe everybody has something that is sacred, whether they're religious or not. Maybe their car is sacred, or they have a sacred field that they like to go to to just rest. Or there's a relationship that's sacred. Well, when you hit a hard time in life, and something comes along like the holy ideas that really do help you transcend your pain, then they're sacred, and that means they're holy. That's great. Well, I thank you for coming today, thank you for having Jessica. Me. I'm a little disappointed in Hope and Repsu. They, they, didn't, they didn't really chime yeah. in. I, they didn't. They've gone on to awakenings. Yeah. And for the Birmingham area, uh, the metro area, people may like to know where and when awakenings meets. If you if you live in the Birmingham metro area or surrounding areas, that's a decent drive to come in. We join every week Sunday at three p.m. We meet uh, at a uh, All Saints, All Saints Episcopal, Church. Episcopal Church. Thank you. And uh, there's it's in Homewood, right off of Oxmoor Road, and it is we have signs. So when you get there, you can know where we're, the room that we're meeting in. It's real easy. Also, you can go to theicb.org and sign up for uh, to be on our mailing list so that you can get emails about awakenings each week and where it's going to be and what time and all that good stuff so you'll have the information sitting in your email box so thanks again for joining us and we look forward to uh, next week's podcast which will also be about the soul child thank you for being with us today Check out our website at www.theicb.org. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot O-R-G. If you have questions you would like to have answered on this podcast, just email us at the address on our website, theicb.org, under Contacts. And if you would like to attend one of the conferences or other events of the Institute for Conscious Being, you will find these presentations on our website under Events.